In my humanness, sometimes I describe sermons in, or not sermons, but services in baseball terms. And uh, I described last week, uh, last week was like game seven, bottom of the, the ninth, World Series, Cubs, Astros, walk-off, grand slam, kind of good, okay? It was a great week we had last week. I'm not going to say who won that game, Cubs and Astros, but, uh, but wouldn't it be great if that happened? Wouldn't that be great? Uh, maybe we should pray for that later. Um, but uh, it was an awesome week, and uh, I've been kind of just living off the high of this celebration of last week and what God's done in the life of our church. And a big part of that, uh, that uh, ministry celebration and the time of uh, God's done some good things, some great things, uh, a big ha- impact was made through the life of Jen and Chad Penner. And I think 13 years that you guys were here, and 13? Or 11 and a half, I was off by a year and a half, but 11 and a half years of our 20 years, the Penners were here, and they made a huge impact on, on your life, on the church's life, and the life of our community, and we are honored to have uh, Jen with us uh, this morning. Yeah, you can, can clap. We had a garage sale in our weekend, or at our uh, neighborhood, Riata Ranch, this weekend. Uh, the signs came out, people pulled out all of their stuff, and... Uh, it was all over the lawn, and there were interesting things you would drive by and see. Do you like going garage sale shopping uh, or thrift store shopping? Is that something that you enjoy? What is the coolest thing that you've ever gotten at a garage sale, ever, or a thrift store? Coolest thing you've ever gotten at a garage sale? Ponder, share with a friend now, okay? Coolest thing that you've ever gotten at a garage sale? Oh, man. And just keeps on doing. All right, anybody want to share their cool thing? It's share time. My first car. Your first car at a garage sale? <laughs> What's that? Five hundred dollars. Wow, what kind of car was it? Uh, it was an eighty-two Toyota Corolla. Eighty-two Toyota Corolla garage sale. Awesome. That's a good deal. Somebody else? Coolest thing? I don't have a response for that. Uh, huh. In light of today's sermon, I definitely don't have a response. Well, one of the coolest things that I have uh, I found uh, was one of these things. I don't know if you remember these back in the 70s. It was the shake belts, okay? Found it, bought it immediately. It worked. It was awesome for youth group. I mean, kids were like, they would come to church just to go on the shake belt. And then we would have contests. You would say things and try to guess what it was. Oh, it was great. It was great. I love to to hear stories uh, in the news and various places about people that have found amazingly valuable things at garage sales. Have you heard these stories before? Uh, Like this one, uh, someone snagged for $5 this picture. It's an Andy Warhol picture at a garage sale. Didn't, obviously had no clue that's what, who, who painted it. And then they turned around and they sold it for $2 million. Garage sale, $5, okay? Or, or how about this one? Terry Horton, a truck driver, she bought a painting that she said was ugly. And uh, she said, you know what? I'm just going to use it for darts. I'll throw darts at it. Or maybe, she said, I'll give it as a gag gift at like a Christmas gathering. You've had those before, those white elephant gifts. 
and turned, you know, of course, it's a Jackson Pollock painting, and uh, she's been offered $9 million for it. $9 million. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, 19, or, and Houston's not, uh, we're not uh, oblivious to these things as well. There's things uh, in our neighborhood as well. Uh, this painting right here, uh, Magnolias on Gold Velvet, okay? Someone bought this at a thrift store. They use it to cover a hole in the wall, and one night they were playing a game called, I never heard this from before, Masterpiece, which is about an art uh, auction, it's an art auction game, and she literally looked at it and was like, that kind of looks familiar, and it was, the Houston uh, Museum of Fine Arts bought it, and it had an auction, 1.25 million, hanging just as a... A hole cover in the wall. Or how about this one? A Nashville man, he had this, you know, this copy of the Declaration of Independence that he just threw up on his garage wall, you know, just to cover up, and just kind of a cool thing, reminder there. Two fifty paid for it at a, a Goodwill, and uh, he sold it uh, at a garage. Uh, he, he, the man bought it for two fifty at the garage sale. This guy had been covering it up in his in his garage. Well, the guy saw it and and, and kind of said, "Well, it looks kind of kind of." old and real, and uh, sold it for $475,000 because, because Samuel, or was it John Q. Adams actually commissioned the copy of this, and this was the real deal uh, back hundreds of years ago. And, and here's the, the quote, the guy who sold it for two fifty, the guy that had it in his garage uh, for all that time, he said this, hey, I'm happy for this Sparks guy who just sold it. If I still had it, it would still be hanging here in the garage. And I still wouldn't know it was worth all that. It's just life, I guess. So I'm not really upset. But you can't help but feeling not so smart for doing it. I had this letter that I keep on my phone. It's from RSO Records. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're from UK. They're only around for a couple of years. This letter right here. And it says this. It's May 10th of 1979. Dear Mr. Houston, thank you for submitting your tape, You Too, to RSO. We have listened with careful consideration, but feel it's not suitable for us at present. We wish you luck with your future career. Yours sincerely, Alexander Sinclair. U2 has released 13 studio albums and are one of the world's best-selling music artists of all time. 170 million copies of albums sold worldwide, 22 Grammys, the most by anyone, and they were elected on the first ballot to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mr. Houston, you might know him better by his name, Bono. And Mr. Sinclair, I've never heard of. <laughs> RCO went out of business a couple of years later. Have you ever discarded something that was something very valuable, maybe worth a lot? Have you ever had something in your possession that was was extremely life-changing maybe, and you didn't even realize it. Or maybe you realized it, but it was too late. It was too late. And I think that's what James is getting at today as we're reading in James chapter 3. And we're in this series beneath the surface. And we've been exploring the book of James and uh, the letter that James wrote to the church. And uh, this is what James is, is saying. He's trying to communicate to the church. And he wrote this letter out to the people. It's such a practical book, a, such a practical letter. And so he writes to the church, he writes this to Christians that are scattered and people that are trying to live out their faith. He says, we can make a large horse 
go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes great speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless, and it's evil. It's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. So what James is saying is this. Listen, there's that little part of your body that on average is about three inches, all right, unless you're in a band called Kiss. All right, that's three inches. It's a, that little part of your body is so powerful, we don't even recognize it. We don't even see it sometimes. We don't even see its value or the power that can, is contained within. And I know that some of you are saying already, look, Sticks and stones, Matt. Sticks and stones will break this mountain. Uh, I'm going to just... Duct tape does not work these days, I guess. Don't make it the same way they used to. Sticks and stones, Matt. You know, words are not a big deal. They just don't... They don't hold a lot of weight. You know, go in one ear and out the other. That's my philosophy. I mean, we hear things. We say things all the time. You know what? They just don't mean anything. Right? Right? I was talking to Mel the other day. And we were talking about, uh, you know, just what was going on in our days and things. And she was kind of a horse. And she was uh, explaining about how that she had taught a lot during the day and, and had, had been teaching and having to, you know, teaching middle school. Uh, she is right now in sixth grade and spent a lot of time uh, in front of kids. She was just, you know, my, my voice is really hoarse. Well, sometimes when I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of the week, I'm sermonizing, I'm thinking of things that we're talking about. And immediately when she said that, a stat came into my mind because I'd been pondering all this, and uh, it's this one. It's from the University of Maryland, and they say this. Women uh, actually, on average, speak about 20,000 words a day, and men speak 7,000 words a, a day, and for some reason, that came out of my mouth at that time. I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And of course, and this was like one of our seven habits, or seven uh, killer tips there you'll learn this weekend. Um, she said, so what are you saying? That I just need to be quiet? And then immediately I caught myself and said, no, sweetie, honey, baby, darling. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Those words, that, you know, have you ever said that word? I'm just saying, you know? We just dropped that phrase. I'm just saying. It doesn't... I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Noah uh, had this thing going for a while where he'd say, no offense. He would say, no offense. And then after that, he would just say whatever, okay? Because he, no offense. So one day he said, you know, no offense, Briley, but your breath smells terrible. <laughs> hey, I said no offense. Ricky Bobby, uh, you know, if I say that, uh, you know, all due respect and then just rip off something else, well, that's okay, right? You know, they don't really matter, these words that we say. And I think James is telling us the opposite. He's saying, listen, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Words, we may say a lot of them. We may say a lot every day. 
And, and the answer to that 20 and 7, uh, one very intelligent woman said this, it's because we have to repeat ourselves two or three times so that guys will hear because you're not paying attention. There you go. <laughs> Note to self, first amen at nine after at that point. Um, he's telling us they're powerful. They're super powerful. And he starts giving us these visuals. He says, you know, a ship is, is, is controlled by a little bitty rudder. And that just controls the direction of a, of a ship. And then he gives us another visual. And he says, you've, you've seen it before. Have you heard the stories that just a, let me see if I can get this, a spark, one little spark, sometimes a one little cigarette. Have you heard those stories? We'll start a forest fire and just a blaze will come from just one little spark. That's how powerful the tongue is. I was thinking about these images and just kind of, you know, sometimes I just get to Googling sometimes and some powerful images of the power of words came up as I was looking at those and thinking about that. I don't think these even need any description and how powerful the tongue can be. I think James is trying to get our attention. He said, you know, it's so significant, the things that you say, so important. And through all out scripture, if you, if you pay attention, and I've been just kind of grabbing verses and checking out passages this week, and this isn't just a one-time thing, it's all throughout the flow of scripture, how words are so valuable, they're so meaningful, and we take them for granted. One place in Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but what only is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Some other specifics. There's specific places throughout Scripture that says, hey, be, be on your guard. There's a warning for you. A couple of things that we should be warned against. One of those is false flattery. Is, is flattering someone just to get something out of them or just to, to butter them up. You know, if you were reading Proverbs, it talks about this a lot in Proverbs. A lying tongue hates its victims and flattering words can cause ruin. Or this one, it's repeated a couple of times. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. You get that? And, and, and gossip is another thing. And we, we see that in various places, but, but it's not a big deal. I mean, there's even a nail salon down the street from me, Gossip Nails. There's shows. There's websites now that are dedicated. What's the big deal? It's just, just words. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Have you seen that before? Have you seen that in, in, in your life maybe or in the lives of others? It's a powerful thing. I, I heard the story once about a, a priest. A woman comes in and says, horrible thing. I said this about a friend and I just don't know what to do. And it's just now it's just, you know, the, the story's out. You know, well, the, the priest said, let me show you something. And, and he takes her outside and he grabs a pillow on the way. And he takes her outside on a windy day, outside of the church, and he rips open the pillow, and just the feathers from the, the feather-down pillow just go everywhere, and the wind takes the feathers. And he said, I want you to go and grab some of those feathers. I want, to, I want you to grab all of them. And she turned to him and said, I, I can't. There's just no way. The effects, the damage has been done. I mean, you can ask for forgiveness, and you can, you can mend things, but your words can't be taken back powerful. Gossip. Flattery is saying something, this is an easy thing to remember, Flatter, false flattery is saying something to someone's face that you would never say behind their back. 
And gossip is saying something behind someone's back that you would never say to their face. Something else that the Bible warns us about it is just cutting people down. Uh, just, you know, that's kind of a, almost a badge of honor. Uh, it was when I was a kid. If you knew the best your mama jokes, uh, you were just a hero, right? All right. By the way, Rhett and Link, you know Rhett and Link? They have a video called Your Mama's Compliments, and uh, it's like a, a Your Mama Battle of Compliments, and uh, one of the best one is uh, Your Mama... Uh, your mama is so brave that she ever gotten up to a fight with a bear, I'd pray for the bear. Takes you a second. Um, but they're cut downs, and, and I've always found that people that use a lot of cut downs, and, and I certainly have been guilty of this, sarcasm. I had the, the spiritual gift of sarcasm, people, okay? You never make yourself look bigger by making others look smaller. You just don't. And I appreciate comedians that have the ability to not make fun of someone and still be funny. If you have to result, if you have to go to that, then, then you don't, you just don't, I don't think you have it, in, in short. It's an always amazed me, because that's kind of like, a, if, if, if you're a person that's an insult person or someone that is constantly putting others down, I mean, can we just be honest for a second? There's an insecurity factor, a huge insecurity factor inside of you. And it's amazed me. I, I looked and, around and I see some of the, the smartest, the, the strongest, the best looking people, the most talented people are often the most insecure. Have you seen that in the lives of others? So to guard against gossip, we shouldn't, we shouldn't gossip, we shouldn't lie. That's a pretty obvious one and the Bible tells us that. I, I read this stat, Robert Feldman says in a 10 minute conversation, that on average, we tell 3.3 lies, white lies, story benders. You're just enhancing the story a little bit, right? And why do we do this? I don't want to have to deal with someone's hurt feelings. These are some of the responses. It was just a white lie. I meant no harm. If I told the truth, I would get in trouble. The end justifies the means. Colossians 3, 8 through 9 says this, but now you must rid yourself of all such things, anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. I love it when someone says, Noah, he looks like you. That's my son. He's eight years old. He kind of looks like you. He he said this the other day and it kind of reminded me of you. I I, I think that God likes that when people say that about us. In fact, Ephesians says this, imitate God, be imitators of God. And when people recognize qualities in us, that's our call to be like, to be like God. That I think he enjoys that, that, because we're his dear children, as the, the, the scripture goes on. And he says this, it said, obscene stories and, and foolish talk and coarse jokes, they're, they're not for you, that's not who we are. Have you ever said that before? That's not who we are. That's not who our family is. The family of God, we're not those kind of people that that talk that way. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And let me tell you, I've worked in jobs, and I know maybe some of you have jobs right now that you go to work every day, and you are just, I mean, you just hear it. I mean, you hear it from all all kinds of words, all kinds of stories, all kinds of things, and it's just constantly around you. Let me tell you that one of the best ways that you can stand out for the kingdom is to not replicate what is being said around you. You will stand out immediately. Why, why don't you talk the way everyone else talks? 
open door, open conversation, great chance to share what God has done in you and through you. Maybe it's just, hey, I used to. I used to. I think we all have a few I used to stories. I, I certainly do. There's a, a great clip my, my buddy uh, Jeffrey talks about. Uh, it's a Burt Reynolds movie. I actually have never seen all of it, but I've heard him tell the story a few times now. Uh, it's a movie called The End with Burt Reynolds. And it's, may, may, I think, late 70s, I think the year that I was born, actually, 78. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, and Burt Reynolds has a disease, and he is going to die. And so he goes out into the ocean, and he's going to, he doesn't, you know, he's trying to kill himself without killing himself. So he swims out as far as he can so that he can't get back, okay? And uh, so somewhere in the middle of that, he realizes that he wants to live. <laughs> and so he turns around and he starts to plead with God. And he has this conversation with God. Well, there was this pastor one time. He's like, man, this is a great clip. All right, this is when movie clips were starting to get popular in churches. You would show, like, sort of what we've done before, show movie clips. And it was a powerful clip with Burt Reynolds and God and having this conversation. Well, the pastor used a VHS tape of the clip, okay? And so you had it queued up perfectly, had it ready to go. Now, there was a little questionable scene uh, a couple of seconds before where Burt Reynolds dropped the GD word, okay? I think we know what we're talking about, right? All right, and so he had it queued up perfectly. It was after that scene, awesome moment. Well, VH tapes, if you don't remember back in those days, kids, when you stop it at a certain place, it actually kind of goes back a few seconds accidentally sometimes. That's what happened in the service. So he plays the clip, and he knows that the word is about to come up, and everyone's going to hear it. And so the pastor just like seizes up, and he goes, and everyone just freaks out and starts to look at him. And he's like, never mind, just look at the screen. Just look at the screen. Listen. What if, what if we played a clip on a Sunday here? and we suddenly dropped that word, what would happen? We would all just go, awkward. Uh, and we would seize up and go, or, we, or you hear JC in a certain content in a clip. We, clip. we would all kind of, but something interesting happens when the conversation's out there. That doesn't happen as much. It doesn't. It doesn't happen as much, and why not? Why not? You know, the Bible's super clear about this one, okay? If you go to the, the Ten Commandments, not using the Lord's name in vain. In fact, the people back in the day, they wouldn't even say the word of God. They wouldn't even say, they wouldn't even put the, the, the vowels into the word. It was that holy and that special. Now, and some of us, you may know some friends, maybe that are kind of the, the word police. And they're like, oh, don't, this or that, and trying to stop people from saying things. And, and, and maybe that's good in certain con- contexts and, and places. But, you know, when I hear people say words like that, it breaks my heart. Because it, it tells me right off the bat, there's kind of a, it's how you view God. And, and, and I just kind of have a many moments in my heart and say, God, but I, I wish that they would know you like I know you. I would love for them to, to love and appreciate not just your name, but who you are. And maybe you're saying, you know what? what you know, what's the, it's just the words. It's, it's just words, right? You know, I think Jesus and James are trying to tell us they're not just words. Words can be powerful 
They can build someone up and they can destroy someone. And maybe just in the few seconds we have left, maybe you just want to think about the words that people have said to you through your life. And you can remember them, some of them super clearly, some of them very painful, some of them very encouraging. But words, they are powerful. And we need to have an awareness of that. And I think that if we had that, maybe, maybe God would do something really cool in our lives and through us. There was this, um, when I was growing up in, in South Carolina, uh, we had this place called Savannah Riverside, and it's a nuclear plant. And they have nuclear reactors on the plant. And they work with uh, plutonium, and they make bombs and all kinds of things. And there's this area, it's government-owned, and it's about it's 30 miles, the main strip of road is about 30 miles long. So you know when you get into Savannah Riverside, because the road is kind of a main road, you know that there's a gate, there's armed guards, you know where you're going, there are signs that say this, you are not allowed to stop anywhere in this area, to pull over. You're not allowed to, to go uh, into the woods and have a picnic. It's pretty obvious there, and they, they make it clear, okay? So when you go in, you drive about 20 miles, you get to the other side, and you need to have fuel too, okay? Because this is an important area, it's, it's just, there's stories that just ran everywhere in my high school that there was a story about this guy. We don't know if these are just folklore or what. Guy pulls over because he had to go to the bathroom really bad. He goes into the woods, and suddenly there are machine guns all around him. Okay, that kind of area, all right? That kind of stories that were, were floating around. One time we took this trip to my parents' house in South Carolina, and this is why I don't care for cats, by the way. I just want to throw that out over here for a section over here. We had this cat named Mosley. And Mosley and I already had bad blood, okay, as Taylor would say. And uh, Mosley, in the middle of the night, like 3 in the morning, would just go to this, this squeaky door and just... <laughs> One time she did this to me. And she's just like... <laughs> just keep me up. We have Mosley, and we're driving through. We're trying to get to South Carolina from Florida, and we have to drive through Savannah Riverside. We go in, okay? We've got gas. We're good to go. We're getting in, and about mm, a mile into the trip, uh, our cat, something was happening inside of her, and we had, a, we had a box in the back, just for the record, but she decided to game outside of the box, and there was just a lot of things happening in the back seat of the car, and it got disturbingly bad, okay? <laughs> and so, so bad, I literally rolled the window down. You notice what I did? I, I don't know why I did that. It's, um, I rolled the window down, and I stuck my head. I had to drive this way, because you can't stop in Savannah Riverside, okay? You can't. I just don't know what's going to happen. As a kid, I, I, I ran to an employee there that was at the church, and he would wear a lanyard. He, he happened to, he just forgot to take it off. And I noticed there was something, there was a little bitty, almost like a little glass thing on the lanyard. It's like, hey, what, what is that? And I said, uh, when he almost kind of brought me closer and said, well, you see inside this little bubble here? It has all my personal information. I couldn't even see inside. It was like a, a micro microchip or something. This has all my personal information about who I am. Like, why, does that, why does it have that? I said, well, in case if I'm, if I'm vaporized. I said, vaporized? You work in a place where you can be va And that's that close to my house? And just the, the started to turn. And they were, but can you imagine going to work every day and, and there's this little bubble? And it's like, okay, today could. That's, what I do is pretty important. 
what if we just had that kind of importance or that kind of awareness all the time of the words that came out of my mouth, our mouth? I, when I'm trying to lose weight, I write down every single thing that I eat. When I'm trying to get better with, with money, write down every single, single place where I spend money. What if at the end of the day you just tracked, hey, how did I use my words today? Did I, did I build people up or did I break people down? One, Stephen Covey says it this way, there's an emotional bank account that each of us has. And when, you, when things good or compliments or things that are positive in your life, there are, there are deposits into your emotional bank account. And when there are things that people say that are negative and things that happen in our lives that, are, that, are, that hurt us, especially words are, are so powerful, then there's a withdrawal. And what I see as I look around the world, I see a lot of people that are just totally bankrupt right now. And the reason why they hurt so many other people with their words is they're so broken and empty right now. What if, dream with me, what if the people of God were a people that, that were constantly making deposits into people's lives? That every time they were around us, that suddenly their bank account got fuller and fuller and fuller, how would our world be different? How would our families be different? The opposite of true is true. It's not just the, the words that are negative in people's lives. They're so positive in people's lives. I, cannot, I can't help but get emotional when I think about the movie The Help and about this scene where, you remember Abilene Clark, and she looks into the little girl's eyes and she says this, you is smart, you is kind, and you is important. And the impact that she made on, on a little girl's life. Maybe, maybe we hear so many words, we just forget how precious they are. I found this clip, and I know you've probably seen a couple of these kind of scenes before, but I want to show you just some scenes of people who are hearing for the first time. You have in your possession something extremely powerful, something extremely valuable. I, uh, I'm, I'm a terrible poker player. I'm the worst. Uh, in fact, I know you're, you're shocked that your, your pastor would play cards uh, with face cards, but uh, I, I, I'm not a, uh, I, I couldn't be a, a poker player because uh, I, would, I just would be, that's probably my thing, uh, my addiction that I would, would get into. But I was invited once to this bachelor party and uh, sometimes I play cards for fun with, uh, with guys, and, and not for money, but it's just I like the game of Texas Hold'em. There's something about the strategy and the, the percentages and the statistics that are involved in it, but I'm terrible at it. I, the first time I played, it was at a bachelor party. I was doing a wedding, and a guy said, hey, why don't you, you come in and you play with the guys? And, and I, I learned immediately, when I get a good hand, like there's something that happens to me that I'm just like... My, my, my blood pressure just goes up. I, my heartbeat just da 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 I can't control that. Da, da. I start to sweat, and then I'm trying to play it cool, be cool, okay? Don't let anybody know uh, that you've got uh, four or eight, whatever. Uh, but that was, I, I'm just not very good, so I couldn't, <laughs> I can't hide it. I can't. Uh, I'm pretty bad. I was playing cards with this guy once, and uh, we started very early on, and uh, this one's for you, Jen. And uh, we're playing, and... Uh, 
the first uh, couple of hands, he's like, man, how do you know what I have? Uh, you just seem like every single ha- hand, you can just tell what cards I have, and you're good. And I was like, well, I am good, but there is a mirror behind you. Uh, I didn't let it go very long, okay? In, in, in cards, this is called a tell. If you have, you can, people can tell what you have just because, all right? Now, here's the part of, of the, the passage here that James is trying to tell us. I think this is super important to us, okay? We, I think we need to understand the power of words, but this is the part maybe that is, is, is pretty convicting for us today. It says this, sometimes, talking about the tongue, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth? Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a, a spring of water bubble out from both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Jesus, this is his, his brother, Jesus kind of says the same thing. He says this, you can tell a tree by its fruit. And whatever is in your heart determines what comes out of your mouth. Your mouth is the tell. Did you hear me? Your mouth is the tell. It should tell you exactly what's happening in your heart. Jesus said this way, the good that's in your heart, the good things that you say, it comes out of the good that's stored up in your heart. And if you're saying bad things, there's some bad things in your heart. And it should be a tell for you. That's not, who cares about others? It's for you. It's the tell for you what's going on in your life. Karen, if you don't mind, come and, and, and play. We're, we're kind of wrapping up here. There's a guy named Lee Strobel, and you've probably heard about him before. And he's written several books, and it's The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for Christmas. And, and Lee was a guy that was an atheist. He, he really didn't believe in God. In fact, he kind of had a, almost like a dislike for anyone who did. And, and one day something happened. His wife went on to church and got saved. Gave her life to Jesus, and that just kind of, it kind of ticked him off a bit. So much so that being a scientific thinker, he said, I'm going to do some research, and I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist. And you know God. In the process of that, he came to know Jesus. He said, I, I not only found proof that God exists, but I put my faith in him. I put my trust into him. And something happened at home when that happened. He said this. He said, my daughter Allison was five years old when I became a follower of Jesus. And all she knew in the five years was as a dad, I was profane. And I was angry. And I came home one night and I kicked a hole in the living room wall just out of anger for life. And I'm ashamed of the times when Allison hid in her room to get away from me and my words. A couple of months after giving my life to Christ, I came home and I heard my little girl talking to her mother and she said this, I want God to do for me what he did for daddy. You see, the the best evidence, the power of Christ is a changed life. And our hearts, oh, indication, what's happening beneath the surface in our heart. So today, I just want to invite you, as, as I've thought about this this week, and, and man, 
Sometimes we just get so busy in life that we just let words go and they're just, they're just out there all the time. Man, I need to take my words captive. Everything that I say, every moment that I have is an opportunity. And maybe you're like me today that just really wants to be more intentional about everything that I say. As James says, slow down. Slow down. Be slow to speak. Don't just jump with the next thing. This isn't a chance to be affirming, to be life-giving, to be a builder, not a destroyer. Maybe today you're saying, there's some things that are in my heart, and I know that the reason why things are coming out of my mouth. And I need to spend some time with God today. And I want him to change my heart because God is not into behavior modification. He is into heart transformation. So I'm going to ask uh, Melanie if you would join me. And I'm going to invite families to just use this place as a place of prayer. Maybe you want to find a friend. Maybe you want to come to the steps or the altar. And as we play some music, we just invite you to come and, and just Maybe be with your family. Maybe you need to have a conversation with somebody around you. Maybe you need to have a conversation with the Lord today. But let's make this place a, a, pray, a place of prayer. I invite you to, to do as the Lord is, is, is calling you to do today. Father, we thank you for our time today in your presence. God, I just thank you so much uh, for family, for friends, for a community of faith that we can come together, Lord. Uh, Lord, we can praise you. God, thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. God, thank you for the, even the songs that we sang this morning. Just all point to you, God. Lord, help us to point to you more through our lives, with our words, with our actions, God. Father, this is the, the verse that jumped to mind. If, if we're ashamed of you, you're going to be ashamed of us in your kingdom. God, forgive us for any times that we have been ashamed of you, that we've shied away from sharing your love or the good news of who you are and what you've done for us, your grace and your mercy in our lives, God. Lord, I pray for those who are in situations right now where they are surrounded by words of, that are hurtful and harmful and just pollution is all around them. God, I pray that they would see the place where they are right now as an opportunity to shine to shine so brightly, Lord, to the lives of others, God. Lord, may we take your name and we hold it up high. May we, we realize and recognize how holy it is and how holy you are. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to appreciate and to, to value every word that comes out of our mouths, Lord, to be investors, investors in others, Lord. Lord, may we, we build others up for your kingdom. May they see the good works in our lives. May they hear the good things, Lord, and recognize you as, as, as Lord and Father. God, I pray for marriages today, Lord, that need healing, healing from hurt words. God, it's so, it's so much easier to remember the, the negative things. God, I pray that she would bring forgiveness, bring healing, bring hope today, Jesus. God, I pray that for friendships. Lord, I pray that for family members. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of grace that forgave just like you did. I think about Peter. 
and the words that he said to you and how you came back. And you forgave and restored. Lord, I pray that we would do the same in our relationships, God. Jesus, Lord, I, I pray that you would heal hearts today, God. Lord, there are things in our hearts, Lord, that we need to confess to you, Jesus. And they are the source. They are the reason. God, I pray, I pray today that you would replace those things. That you would heal today. That you would transform today. That someone today in the house would put their faith in you for the first time and say, the things that I have been chasing, the things that I've been after in this world, they are leading me nowhere to destruction and to death. And today, for the first time, I'm going to put my faith in you or I want to turn back to you. You are our hope. You are our deliverer. You are a restorer. You're the one that reconciles. You are the one that takes a polluted heart and purifies us. And today we are thankful for that this morning, that you can do that. You can take the darkest heart and your light can just burst forth and push out the darkness. And through your words and through your grace, you do something that we can't do for ourselves. You transform us. Jesus, thank you for that today. And we celebrate that today. We celebrate that you are the God that can do it. And we lean into you today. And we honor you and we give you the praise and the glory for it. God, I pray that we, as we leave this place today, God, that we would leave as a people of hope, a people that have been changed, a people that have a different story, that have heard your words, that I love you, I have set you free. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or that you tell us that you are, we are your people and we have a, a call in our lives to be the light, to be salt in this world. May we take that call. Lord, we, may we go out in the world and be what you've called us to be, Lord. Help us to be doers of the word as well as hearers, Lord. God, we lift up all these things and the prayers around this sanctuary to you in your name.